Alright, hello everyone and welcome to yet another edition of uh, Mike and Aiden Is it Mike and Aiden? Aiden Mike's Monday Night Wars. Um, so yeah, been a little while longer than, than we intended, but on the plus side, Mike is finally back home. Yeah, He's I'm finally got back into his own house. Back in my own house, things are good. Bit yeah. tired from work, but um, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a happy camper now. We I watched, um, what was it called, this thing we watched, Fall Brawl. Yeah, Fall Brawl. War yeah. Games. Was it yeah. Fall Brawl? It's Fall Brawl. It's Fall Brawl, and then War Games is like the main event or mm. something. So it's it's a bit weird. It's like a, a double barrel so thing. Obviously, but... I've been watching the other ones pretty hammered and pretty depressed. Yeah. So um, I actually, well, I guess we'll get into it, but I actually, um, I actually really enjoyed this to a point. All right, well, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to yeah. that in a second, but I mean, as always, just as your women... I'm feeling good. Just as your yeah. women trouble gets sorted out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I ran into a whole world of hurt at the weekend, but um, I mean that's kind of sort. But now. you're better at um, what's it compartmentalising this. Yeah, concept? yeah, I am. Yeah, to so be you fair. Could, all... I mean, I did do a little bit of drinking alone and watching Dawson's Creek on Tuesday. Um, not ideal, but mm. not bad actually. Not a bad evening. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. I did a lot of um, at my low points watching um, those talent show auditions. You know where it's some guy who looks like he's going to be shit. He's usually oh yeah, and then like the so, Susan Boyle effect. Yeah, the Susan, and that made me feel just I wouldn't slightly say good, worse. But, um, <laughs> no, it made me feel yeah. hopeful in humanity. No, I mean that. Yeah, season three. Sad, of, that, yeah. yeah, season three of Dawson's Creek is currently my go-to move. Um, yeah. It's all right, season three. Of, don't of get Dawson's don't get caught up in it because yeah, you know, I'm familiar with it. Anyway, you can become separated from reality. <laughs> I really could as well. But anyway, um, I've not so far, so I, feel, I think we're okay. So yeah, so we'll get into um, into to War Games, Fall Brawl, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a there's more wrestling to cover than there's been before. We'll do the charts and all that shit mm-hmm. in our next one for for the uh, for the Nitro and Raw, literally the day after. Um, I think we can all assume that they were pretty much the same, you know, in that one-day gap. But yeah, so like you say... Just as a general thing, I thought it was all right. So well, I, I, because I, I now associate the last few things that we watched with depression. I really put this off. So I've been like hammered at work recently. So um, like I've, I've, I've struggled to to fit this in. But I really put off watching it. Yeah, okay, like well, put off it's, good, put off it's good it. that it wasn't terrible, so we can get back on the wagon. But anyway, so, right, let's start off. So, War Games starts, and there's a there's a few um, there's a few bits at the start. So, they do, like, a they do a vignette about, you know, the Dungeon of Doom and their feud with, with Hulk Hogan. And remember when we were discussing the shark previously, Earthquake, back in the day, and you were like, so what, his gimmick is he's an actual shark? And I was he's like... Also got- teeth painted on his face yeah uh, like there's, there's a bit where he's like biting someone in the ring like i think he's supposed to be an actual shark walking about uh which uh which i found a bit weird mm-hmm. but you know i mean he's, he's, he's doing it that's fine um there's no mongo or bischoff on this one no, that's why it, it felt like a different um, it did they kept bobby the brain kept bobby yeah, the brain. I, um, but i um i preferred um what's his name Ah uh, shit! I did write this down. I think. No, forgot his name. Uh, it's the is other it one. Shivani. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is it Tony Shivani? Sh- Tony Shivani. Yeah. yeah Tony. They also had. Um, I don't know. If, 
if he was on Nitro, I don't remember being. We've got Buffer doing the ring announcing. Yeah, I, I. Yeah. I am. Um, I mean, he's over it. Like, if you're not in England, I mean, basically, he does ring announcing. Was he, was he big at this time as well? I don't know. I mean, like, they had a or fair was bit he just of cash. Bought, was he just bought him for pay per view. Sh- I think he was just bought him for pay per view. I'm sure we'd have brought it up before. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, so that's how we are. The other thing is, um, apparently, there was, there was some kind of pre-show event. I know WWD do that a lot these days. But during the pre-show event, the Giant, you know, Andre the Giant's son, who is not in any way his son, has, uh, has apparently run over Hulk Hogan's prized motorbike with a monster truck. You know, as you do. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they said that. Yeah. Is, is, um, is the, just weird, Is that. the Giant, like, uh, is he in the Dungeon of Doom? Or is he, um, what is he, a contractor or what? I mean... No, I think he's supposed. Yeah, I think he's in there. I think that's for that's for deal. I'm not sure why he's not in the match, but actually, this this does bring us to to what was, in my opinion, like literally the, the biggest fault with with this whole pay per view. Not so much the night, but running up to it, I had no idea what the hell was going on. So basically, like you with got the rules. there, just add up, yeah. So like you got there, and there were two rings. Yeah, no, like, I, I, I um, being a bit slow and, and cooking yeah. noodles at the same time, trying to watch it, um, 40p noodles, and uh, I was I was doing that and making myself um, a chicken and salad cream sandwich that I folded in half, so I only really caught on that there was two rings about a quarter of the way through it, and yeah, I'm that's sure they didn't explain dance. that to No, they, to like, later. and this was the thing, so they... They didn't explain why there was two rings. They basically the rules of of, of four ball, uh, not four ball war games, which is the main event, were never explained. They weren't explained in the run up. They they weren't explained during the thing. At some point they get round to telling you, and I'll let you know when it was as we go through. Mm-hmm. But it was a real, like the whole thing was a bit like. And, oh, the, and the ring was only there for that match. Yeah, I'm like. Didn't aid any other match no really. not not at all and like it, i mean obviously you, you couldn't bring out another ring for the main event so mm-hmm. kind of just sits there but if you compare that to the wwe like whatever you think of the two companies and, and stuff certainly at this point but wwe are doing a much better job of making sure you know what's going on like obviously we've only watched for one raw so far but in that single episode of raw they explained that triple threat, ma- triple header match, you know, mm-hmm. where anyone can win. They explained it's a bit it. Bit foggy in my head now. Yeah, but during it, they explain mm-hmm. it eight or nine times. No, I mean for my own personal demons. Yeah, not. not yeah, not obviously, <laughs> but but the point is, they they won't let you forget it. They keep hammering it home until you kind of want them to stop. But it's better than watching half a pay per view with no idea how the main event works. That's just bizarre. Plus, the other thing as 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 well was like. Like I had no, I had no idea what matches were coming. I knew the main event, and I knew Flair against uh, Arn. I knew Flair and Arn. I know. So the the first one, if I if I recall correctly, was it um, Flying Brian versus Johnny B. Bad. It was, yeah. So I mean that does bring us on to the first match, and uh, so I mean I, I said I enjoyed the pay per view overall. Mm-hmm. This match I really did not enjoy. See, I did enjoy it. After from actually, a, I was gonna say yeah, there's, there's two half, matches here, yeah. yeah. So basically, but, but, but also I, because I, uh, I'm not a wrestling historian, but I've you know I picked up tidbits in my time. So was this 
I, w I wonder if this was after Brian Pillman had the car accident. Not because sure. I remember watching him as a kid on um, on Worldwide, and he had those Tiger little knickers. Yeah, you brought this uh, up yeah, last he time, this, and he used to fly about a lot. And in the first match that we saw him with um, Jushin Liger, hmm. he was kind of being a cruiserweight a bit. Where in this one, there were a few Frankensteiners and, and things like yeah. that, but he was more of a... I don't know, he was he didn't do a lot of flipping around in this. No, did he? he didn't, and he but... Also, um, he, he turned heel in the match. He did, he did, yeah. Like, to be fair, like, basically, this match... Like, so the original result of the match, it was for the television championship, was it? No, it's for the number one contender for the For, the, for the US. For the US, sorry. Um, and, like, it, so it, it had a 20-minute time limit. I, I, like, in my entire time of watching the WWE, I've never seen a Broadway you know, time limit draw. Like, but, but this That's one... That's not a bad thing. I, I quite I'm like not, the surprise, because I was... Because uh, of the way we've got used to watching mm. wrestling now, or maybe I have just in my own head, I was expecting a, a, a ten-minute match, yeah, nothing special, a bit shit, and then we move on. But it, it kept going on and on and on. It really did. And the did. story of the match was because they kept doing there were a lot of moves in that match. You know where they both kind of had the same idea, yeah, and they kind of cancelled each other out. Mm. And I, I quite like that. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that story. They, I think in no retrospect that's probably true, but that like that wasn't how I saw it during the match. Like all I could think, and like the the what the particularly Johnny B. Bad's intro, mm -hmm. like went on forever. Like it took him like two three minutes from like. To, to also, I've not got out. a problem with Johnny B. Bad, but what is he? I've, is he? A, I, I is don't he know. A, like, is he? I think not he's a transvestite, but I mean, I what's going on? I think he's supposed to be some kind of pretty boy. You see, I think. Well, no, he's, he's obviously heavily based on Little Richard. Yeah, I think now, he's supposed to be a, a, a face, though. Was Little Richard, did he? I don't know, I don't remember Little Richard. I think Richard. he was gay, wasn't he? I fuck no, I have no idea. I only remember Little Richard um, from. He wore um, a bit of makeup, maybe? From a film possibly called Baked Alaska. Uh, it's got Russell Crowe in. Nice some guy thing. makes. Basically, it's got Russell Crowe in. Uh, it's not a bad film, actually. It's about ice hockey. So this other guy who's not Russell Crowe leaves his hometown where they play ice hockey on, like, an actual frozen pond. Mm -hmm. And, like, that whole thing is, oh, nobody beats us on a pond. So this guy who was, like, a dweeb in high school, he goes out and, like, he becomes a success and he organises for the New York Rangers to come and play them on a pond. And, like, basically... For, it's a bit weird. He's trying to get acceptance from his hometown and Russell Crowe has to explain to him, look, mate, you know, while this is cool, like, everyone's not cool with it because if they beat us on a pond, we have to stop saying nobody beats us on a pond. But anyway, so... Is they get, it worth my while watching? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Right, but they get little Richard in, um, and he's, like, singing or something, and basically someone convinces him, even though he's dead cold, to take ages to sing the national anthem <coughs> so that the New York Rangers players will be colder than they used to, or something. Also, Actually, it's got Mike Myers in as a commentator, and he does... He does a fine, fine turn as a, as a commentator in it. Uh, it's worth a watch. Also, Johnny B. Bad is Mark Mero, isn't he? He is, yeah. And I recently watched... Mark, you know what Mark Mero does now? Is it Mero or Mero? I'm going to call him Mero. It's called uh, Mark Sable. <laughs> All right. Mark Mero. Uh, he, uh, he, like, goes around schools now. You know, telling in him to In a creepy not... way. Or... No, he does that weird American thing where they... You know, kind of 
Don't no. do drugs. Don't do drugs, but <laughs> tell me my next story. Point. Don't smoke crack. It's from the uh, from the Wild Boy. Another yeah. good film. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a speech on YouTube that has been watched quite a lot, and he he goes on about how his mum was always there for him and stuff, and he gets all these kids crying. Oh, uh, it's okay. pretty emotional. I I I enjoyed it, but it's a bit freaky for that for our taste, isn't it? Because we're not used to that kind yeah, of yeah. evangelical <laughs> yeah, stuff. But anyway, coming back to to the act, circling back to the match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I so two things actually. Yeah, so Johnny B. Bardi's entrance went on for much longer than there was any need to. And there's a bit during his entrance where he's like throwing frisbees into the crowd. Also, he's got like a massive. What do you call it? Party popper. Yeah. Like, it's all weird, <laughs> but there's a bit where he's lobbing frisbees into the crowd. Like, he's, he's got two, so he lobs one in. Second one, he hits the turnbuckle. Like, he fails to get it into the crowd. It just hits the turnbuckle and flops on the floor. He has to go back and pick it up and throw it again. To be fair to him, he styles it out quite nicely. But it's a real moment of, like, it's like, you know, when you're throwing paper into a bin. Mm-hmm. And, like, you... you you know, you're just dicking about, you're doing it from like a metre away and someone sees you miss and you just sat there thinking... Does he acknowledge it? Fuck. Yeah, he does. You've got to. Everybody saw well, it. That's, that's all right then if you mm. acknowledge it, isn't it? But his, his, his special move from what I gather is a punch. Nah, but so, that's one of them. There's but like he, eight. But you know he's like got golden gloves boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember watching it him when I was younger and uh, when I was... And, uh, they used to bring that up a lot. Yeah, they they, they mentioned it at the start of the thing as well. There's another wrestler who, who it was mentioned about at some point as well, but I can't remember who it was now. Uh, anyway. Um, what? About what? The Golden Gloves thing. Um, can't remember for the life of me who it, who it was. But anyway. Yeah, so the actual match, as I say, it, it plays out for the 20 minutes, like you say, and then, there's, and then basically the ref says... Because it's for a number one contender, there has to be a result, so we're, we're going again. Bobby Eden claims he's never seen this ever happen before. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure he probably hasn't. Maybe I don't know. I trust Bobby Verbain. But but the thing was, leading up to the actual time limit for about two minutes, but everything after the time limit is actually a really good match. Like, it's re- See, real I, decent. I, I enjoyed it probably when, when Pillman turned heel. I really nah, got I into it then. But, you know, different horses for different courses. Um, hey. Yeah, fair enough. But, like, I felt like the, the match generally, with the intro and, and everything, was was basically a... They had, they had a runtime kind of planned out for the pay-per-view and came up, like, 20 minutes short. And we're just like, you two are going to have to wrestle for quite a long time now. Well, I, don't, I don't know, because, you know, like, not don't being really a wrestling aficionado, I don't know how they did pay-per-views back then. I can't really remember properly, but I think the, what made it better for me was the shock that it wasn't 10 minutes. It was like, oh, this is going on. This is going on. Uh, oh, yeah, well, like I say, I'm say, overcooking I just, the 40p noodles here. I better yeah, pay attention. I, I, just, I just, just couldn't, yeah, just... just but yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed second it. Second half, really good. First half, not good at all. But, as always, Bobby Renheenan quote of the day. Um, yeah, there's a bit where the other guy, Shivani, is, is telling him how Sting... Like, Sting is for US champ, so they're going to wrestle him. Apparently, Johnny B. Bad's mentor. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. So, Shivani was saying how, how Sting trained him and everything and talked about Finny Day and all that stuff. <laughs> to which Bobby Renheenan says... So, Johnny Babad is, 
is Sting's pet, <laughs> which which I thought was hilarious, because <laughs> because yeah, because yeah. But unfortunately, the the actual title match is on um, Saturday main event or whatever it's called. The uh, the I'm WCW sure will show us a bit on Nitro. Yeah, no, they won't. They never do. But uh, yeah, so I mean, the title's not going to change hands anyway. So so fuck it. Who cares? But we will miss that, um, which is odd because. So far, mm. I mean, we've only seen two Nitros, but the fact that Sting's US champ has been pretty relevant to the fact that he's one of Hulk Hogan's cronies. Well, we'll see what what they do when it becomes a, a longer show, because at the minute, yeah. it's only 45 minutes, isn't it, without adverts? Oh, I didn't like the finish either of... Um, of, of see, uh, I think they fucked up the finish a bit, because yeah. basically they collided, and they both did a crossbody on each other, but the way it worked, Pillman had the momentum, so he kind of, Johnny B. Bad had to kind of throw him back a bit on the floor, and then he got the win. Yeah, well, I assume weird. it should have been, because it looked a bit messy. It looked very messy, yeah. But I enjoyed that it wasn't a special move. Yeah, I mean, I'd like That's to think... what feel... I hate about modern wrestling. Like yeah, it's the only way to win. Yeah, I'd say that as well, boring. but I, I didn't like this one. Yeah, false finishers... Like, people kicking out of, of someone's finisher is, like, you know, again, I don't want to get all snobby about it, but it's just such a cheap way to build tension in a match that it's like, it's like, it just makes me think, what, do you have no other ideas, guys? Is that what's happening here? Also, it be, it, it becomes meaningless, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Like, it's it's a finisher. No, it isn't. It's never finished anyone. So, I don't know, when we when we get watching more stuff, I guess I'll be able to make an objective opinion, but yeah, I think we'll I just enjoyed goes. this because it's the first wrestling I've seen where I've not felt lower than the belly of a snake. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so uh, I didn't feel that low myself, but I, did, but no, I, but I, I did. wasn't feeling high when I watched this at all. No, I was just, you know, finished work, came mm. home, put on this thing that I'd been avoiding doing for a while, um, thought it was just going to be a real ball breaker. And was like, actually, this is a decent match. I think one thing to say about it as well, it's like it was, it did seem like after the first match and and what we'll discuss in a second, it like it was, it was real good after that. I I did enjoy it. So anyway, there was a quick Ric Flair promo. I mean, it's Ric Flair promo. You can't knock that, Jazz. Like he does a fine, fine job. With Mean Gene as well. Yeah, like it's, look, I mean... The only thing I've ever thought about Flair's promos as, as a knock on him is they're a bit shouty, but at the same time, they're also great. So, you know. I enjoy the shouting. Yeah, I know, it's kind of different, it's <laughs> his thing, so yeah. yeah. Um, can you pass me a beer, Mike? On an unrelated side note. But, but after the promo is. Um, Did they do the vignette at this time? Which vignette? Oh, the, the Arn against. Building that match up. Uh, ooh, I'm not sure if it was now or a little bit later when Anne had his one, but the vignette was really good actually. Vignette was superb. Mm. Made. It was. It... Yeah. Like basically, if I had been around it, if I had bought this pay per view rather than watching it on the network, which I do pay for, so I mean technically. I know what you do. But, um. Like I think if I bought... I'm not paying for it yet. I think I'm still on my free. My oh, free nice. Month. Nice, nice. Why don't you just try logging on as me so you don't have to pay? Oh, he didn't say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no, I'm, you know, I'm a... No, I'm, I mean, it's I'm, a tenner a month. It's not breaking the bank. Anyway. We'll talk about that when we... Yeah, yeah, fine, fine, fine. So, uh, anyway, yeah, so moving on from, from that was... Uh, oh, actually, sorry, what I was saying was 
if I had bought this pay-per-view, I, I had bought it to watch uh, Arn against Ric Flair. That's what I was paying for. Um, Depends what age I was, to be honest. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm assuming like to buy it, I'd be yeah you know. to see Hulk battle the uh, Dungeon of Doom. Um, but anyway, so after this is one of the strangest things I've ever witnessed on a pay per view, like in so many ways. So it was a, a guy called Cobra who, who comes out in army gear. Have you ever watched the film American Ninja? No, I have not. No. There's like various sequels. I think I've watched a few. They used to be on Bravo a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, that guy reminded me a lot of him. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he comes out, he's, he's army geared up, and Tony Schiavone, or whatever his name is. Was G.I. Joe big at this time? Must have been. Or Action but, Man. But it turns out, Cobra isn't in the army. He's a member of the CIA. Yeah, that made, I, I was... It was fucking bizarre. But anyway, but so... Well, he must be a bit like a Jason Bourne guy. Well, yeah, but... So what no. was what was dead strange about this, though, was he's fighting a guy called Sergeant something Pittman. I forgot his first name. Pete Pittman. I don't think it was Pete, but anyway, it was it Pittman. It was something like that, though. It was, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was uh, a nothing. It what's was, the word when there's... Um, alliteration. Alliter- yeah, it was that. Okay, so, but... And, like, he's another army guy. And, like, they kept going on about how they were all adversaries and this was a real grudge match, and... My you, favorite I, bit I've never seen where... either of them before. <laughs> I've watched at least two weeks of your programming. I don't know who they are. I don't know what, what they so, want. So this Cobra guy, he's, he's standing in the ring. And, yeah. Uh, Pete Pittman's music comes on. Yeah. And uh, just Pete Pittman. Well, I thought it was Pete Pittman. Yeah, exactly. But apparently it wasn't. Pete Pittman it, was, uh, it was just Pitbull some... Pittman. Pitbull that was what Pittman. they called him. Right, like, so... He had a different first name, but it was mm-hmm. Sergeant something Pitbull Pittman. So... This this young lad comes out and apparently it's not Pete Pittman. It's well, Bobby Ray said it's a member of his platoon. Yeah, because he's got one, <laughs> as you would. And uh, he comes out, distracts the Cobra, and then Pete Pittman is in the other ring because they're next to each other behind him, doing that thing that people do on the nets in films in montages. There's a bit before that where he, I think the term is re- re- is it repels off off the. From the ceiling to the ring. Oh yeah, he does. So he comes yeah. down on like a, like a you know like a climbing rope. He like abseils down without well, a wall to push off. The thing off. that Shawn Michaels comes down yeah. in um, what WrestleMania is that? Uh, that's oh my one. god, Shawn Michaels. That's him against Brett. So that's what twelve or thirteen. It's the Iron Man one. Yeah, it's twelve yeah. or thirteen. I think I can't remember which. So um, um, yeah, he he abseils down. That's yeah, not, he doesn't it, abseil. But no I think war. the word is I think the word is uh, repel, but I'm not positive. Well, he, but, he repels himself onto the um, adjacent but ring. But one thing to yeah. to point out about him repelling himself down is, like it it sounds really really cool and kind of edgy, and the commentator's like, oh my god, look at the risk he's taking. He's literally going slower than a very small slug. Like it. He couldn't be going slower if he tried. It gets ridiculous. But, but the Cobra's but being... Cobra is still distracted <laughs> by this guy. It's been 20 minutes, mate. Just have a quick look around and see what's going on. Like, I don't know what the guy is saying. I, I assume uh, he's just going, nah, this... mate, not coming out. Nah, mate. That's talking army stuff, huh? Yeah. Like it, and, but, like, obviously the crowd are going nuts. And at no point does Cobra bother to investigate. I assume he's got but what some... I like about... So when he gets to the ring, he does the... Uh... How how do you describe it? The army crawl, yeah, like, like he the, does the um, the assassin. You know, yeah, so I don't know how, what would what would you describe it as? 
I don't know. It's like you know when they've got those nets in the army films and you, when yeah, and you go under them, yeah, and they go under them. So he does a bit of that. It's quite the, a slivery movement. Yeah. What I what I find hilarious about it is though, just it'd be quicker just to walk. Cause yeah, he's not. The seen cobra's you. not seen you come abseiling <laughs> down on the fucking. You're all right, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. So my next note on this, by the way, this refers to Pittman. Pittman wins it with uh, an armbar. My next, my next note is just for words. In about five minutes. Just my yeah. My awesome. next note is wins in like a minute, thoroughly pointless. Like the, well, he strangles him first with uh, with bullets. Yeah. So yeah, actually, when he creeps up behind him, he he strangles him with like an ammo chain thing. But as a match, it is completely and utterly worthless. Just repeat that. This is this is wrestling. It is wrestling, yeah. This so is Cobra a- gets uh, strangled from behind with um, an ammo chain. Uh, and then um, does that move that Ronda Rousey does? It's an armbar, isn't it? It's an armbar, yeah. Yeah, Ronda Rousey does that. I mean, I would have gone with uh, Del Rio, but... All right, yeah. yeah, she does also do it. There's no two ways about that. So, I mean, that's right. It's- I wasn't aware before this that those human beings existed. Exactly, yeah. And that, that was one of my things about... That was the big thing with the pay-per-view. Like, like I just, I, I was just like, what's happening here? Then? And then it was over, so I didn't care that much. But but it fitted in for War Games, didn't it? Cause I suppose, all... yeah. Maybe that's why they added it in, yeah, cause it was an army thing. So anyway, after after that weird little kind of aside, um, we had that dead weird Paul Arndorf thing. Oh, yeah. that was superb. Who was that geezer? This, I, I, it's written it, who is Gary Spivey? Not sure who he is. He's off some psychic show from what so I picked up. Yeah, from what I picked up, but is he... Um... I don't know, because he had a weird dodgy wig on. Anyway, so basically it's... Is he part... a comedic character, or was that him being himself? I mean, the is wig there... made him look comedic. I'd... He looked like Marlon Fellaini with strangely white hair, and only being about four foot tall. He reminded me of Elton John. He Yeah. In... Um... What's that video? Is it is it Candle in the Wind where he's dressed a bit? He's a bit silvery, basically. Could be. I don't. I, I don't. I like Elton John, but I don't watch his videos. I'll not lie. Uh, but anyway, so basically, it's a weird thing where Paul Arndorf is like, oh, maybe I'm not Miss Wonderful anymore. I keep losing. Then some lad called Gary Spivey comes in and just yeah, keeps he saying. He goes a bit nuts. And he half a yeah. fouls it in the locker room a bit. Who's half a foul? If you know it, you know it. Fair enough. Have you not seen a, it was a, an EastEnders? I was going to say EastEnders. There's loads of Fowlers in EastEnders. I think it was a Christmas episode and he has a breakdown. Nah, don't. Not he's not it. as intense as Arthur Fowler, but... You, you yeah, just... so he's having a bit of a breakdown. Gary Spivey comes in, he pulls him out of it. Just <laughs> keeps saying to him, you're Mr. Wonderful. He pulls him out of it. What, what's great about it but is, after folks, the end... while it's happening, yeah. he's just going... like So he starts going, I'm Mr. Wonderful. He cuts back to the commentators and they're like... That's Paul Arndorf there. Apparently now we've just got to call him Mr. Wonderful. It's like No, but Spivey sorts him out as well. Because yeah. by the end of it, he's, he believes in himself again. He's bad. Yeah. Like, it, it was it was dead, dead weird, but it was all right. So you know what's after um, after that, though, is, uh, is Diamond Dallas Page versus uh, Renegade, who we discussed in our first one, is, is the fake Ultimate Warrior and the TV channel. So he, he comes to the ring with... Um... Wait, wait, no, before you start... Like, I'd like you to try and guess what my number one takeaway from this match was. Like, one thing struck me above everything else in this match. That woman's fit. It is that the Diamond Doll, who is, um, is Diamond it? DDP's wife. Well, ex-wife now. Ex-wife now, yeah. Is 
unbelievably fit. Do you know what I thought when they first came out? I thought she was Shania Twain. Did you get that? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. But I also thought Shania Twain was really fit, as I recall. So. Oh, I died. Okay, so just, just a bit <laughs> of background, guys. I'm not sure if, if we had mentioned this. I think we probably did. Myself and Mike are in our early 30s. I'm 33. He's 33 as well. I'm 34 nearly. Um, I've known him for at least 30 of those years, probably more. He is my best friend, you know. But... Only for that, not that. But... If the price of having sex with the Diamond Doll, as she looked in that pay-per-view, was beating Mike to death with a tyre iron, Mike had already been dead and my pants would be off. What? Have you seen her recently? No, I haven't. So would you would you beat me to death for the Diamond Doll 20 years later? Um, I probably wouldn't beat you to death. Might cause you some grievous bodily harm, though, just in case. What if she's a bit overweight now? I bet she's probably not, though. Come on. No, because he's into all that health stuff, so it, she, yeah, must, but, like, she must she, be a similar... She left him before then. Anyway, um, but other than that, the first thing I thought, like, early on, was that, that DDP seemed to be overselling for all he's worth. He seemed to get knocked down by stuff that hadn't hit him and stuff. I think he he was playing the, um, the cowardly heel... I'm yeah. not sure how much he'd wrestled before this point. Not a huge amount, I don't think. Who was that chap in his corner as well? Oh, Max Max Muscle or something. Max Muscle, yeah. Yeah, it. he was a weird guy. He was he looked just like a bodybuilder. But Again, he wasn't like mentioned un- until about halfway through. No, so I was just like, who's this bloke? But but saying that, like, what I actually end wrote down as my next note after the overselling was not a bad match. Like, no, no, I liked him. Yeah, I, I really liked, liked, I liked it. Him. And like, you know what? What I thought as well when watching it, this renegade chap is not a bad wrestler. <laughs> All right, so uh, do you want to just read out my my note after not a bad match? Yes. <laughs> it basically just says, "Thought the renegade was alright. Like he was decent. He could um, do like decent moves as well. Like yeah, he, he was, was good. He was quick. The match was. Hmm. Match at a point, you know. Diamond Dallas Page is this cowardly. Guy, Renegade's on a roll. At the time, I assume he was a, on a bit of a streak because when it got past a certain point, they kept mentioning, like, this is the longest he's ever... Yeah. I assume he was unbeaten before this match. He must have been, like... But, I mean, this does feel like... We, we came in at the moment that, that, the, that he had really fallen off a cliff for Renegade, if you know what I mean. I assume this is the last we'll ever see of him as a, a man with a winning record. Yeah. I assume he'll become a jobber now. Yeah. I assume yeah. he'll be a bit Ryback. I don't, yeah, don't see how that could not happen. The other thing was I, I was loving DDP's celebrations. Like, he probably, he, he was, yeah, it was real good. Like, cowardly heel doing his celebrations when he's won. So he wins with a bit of interference from that Max Muscle guy. And Max Muscle um, grabs Renegade's leg and um, from the outside and then DDP um, diamond cutters him doesn't he yeah he does yeah. it's not a great diamond cutter but you know gets the job done but yeah I felt because um, uh, you hear a lot about Renegade being a joke and you know the gimmick is a joke but well like that, uh, that match, that's not his fault he was yeah. given like basically the WCW went oh we want like an ultimate warrior but we're not getting the ultimate warrior not yet anyway um, they just, they gave some guy with, with the look. They just, they absolutely painted that guy into a corner. Because they were like, oh, we're going to make you a fake ultimate warrior. 
but then when also it also on the other side as well you've got to remember wwe uh they're cool now yeah but like so that must and the thing is once it once it became clear he wasn't the ultimate warrior and stuff like the wcw they had no choice but to to absolutely bury that character they couldn't just have him still kick about like basically they made him a joke because they they just yeah they they proper used him badly and uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm not happy about it the only other thing i thought from that was as well like when does ddp start taking his shirt off yeah fair enough fair <laughs> not enough. that i want to see his man muscles just not too keen on guys wearing shirts no i know what you mean i know what you mean he will do though won't he as, doesn't as excite me anyway so uh so yeah that was that good match i thought oh like i enjoyed it i really did um then we moved on to a bit of tag a bit of tag action slightly weird tag match it was uh hallam heat you know, i thought when, when watching this match like no. i i guess i don't like it was i guess i guess i don't like wrestling it was really hard hitting and um i don't know if it's a bad match but i didn't enjoy it it didn't I think one of yeah, like I, so we'll, we'll, I never got was, into the to the yeah, match itself. There was a lot going on in the background. Apparently, Sherry, who's managing Harlem Heat. Oh, and yeah, and um, what was his name? Um, Colonel, Colonel Parker. Robert Parker. So they they had oh they they're in love thing going on. I, mean, I don't know what the deal was. They they kissed and stuff, and apparently that dis- dis- distracted Colonel Parker. So, oh, so it was so it was Harlem Heat. One of yeah. them's obviously Booker T. And the other Stevie Ray, who is, uh, I think he's real-life brother. Actually, I thought this while I was watching it. I was like, are they really brothers? Because I thought the opposite. I thought they they weren't, if you know what I mean. I've, and mm-hmm. I thought they were just making it up, because, you know, why not? But um, I can't remember why, but I saw a thing pop up on my Facebook. I occasionally get wrestling stuff about wrestlers who had tough upbringings or something. Mm-hmm. One of them was, was Booker T. And, yeah, Stevie Ray, it's Stevie Ray? Mm-hmm. is really his brother and he like he sorted his life out also we're from Houston not, not yeah, not, not yeah but um, even though the commentators during the match talk about their tough upbringing in New York yeah um, but yeah uh, the other two guys what were their names again um, I haven't got their names what I have written down is now one of them was no thick. wait I have two weird cowboy type dudes and then in brackets not the smoking guns <laughs> well one of them's Dick Slater <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, apparently he's um, they're weird. Like in mm. real life, a genuine hard man. Because I think I, I heard a they Rick, have that look to him. Both I, of them. I heard a Ric Flair podcast once, mm. and he said like Dick Slater's one of the toughest men ever in wrestling. Famously, apparently, um, in a a fight, beat up an NFL player. Fair play to him. Uh, and the other one in 2010 later turns up as um jack swagger's dad on an episode of raw oh, okay but i can't even it's it's book something it is book something they're just uh a bit rednecky is my uh all right so just just to cover a, a few things that i made notes on as as like you say this match wasn't great it was probably the low point of the night wrestling wise i thought but, but if, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like that kind well, of. Well, like I mean, I didn't. In, I mean, in terms of my enjoyment of the actual in-ring action, this was a low point. Mm-hmm. But there were a few things that, that I noted from it. First, was, they go on about the hotline you can call quite a bit in this match, which, like you know, these days just seems weird. Like it seems 
odd that that was ever a thing, if you know what I mean, now that it doesn't. Um, this was also the match in which they finally bothered to explain how the main event actually works. Um, I do I have... Think, uh, I I've think got I'll, the rules noted down, but we'll do it just before the main I think event. I unfortunately, during this match, went for a SIG mm. and didn't press pause. I okay, well, fine. They did... They, but the thing is, like, I wasn't really paying that much attention to the commentators, but they did give you some idea of how it worked. But also, this match featured the first actual usage of the second ring, uh, which was Sherry oh. and Parker to kiss. Odd usage of it, but it did so happen. So is, is, is this... Um, so the manager of the... Um, I know, his redneck event. Well, whatever. Those guys. And, yeah, the manager of the redneck people is i assume heavily based on elvis presley's manager yeah yeah and, um, yeah definitely and sensational sherry is harlem heat's manager and apparently before this fake they were at there's a thing she's going not, on she doesn't seem to have aged either sherry like i also, never thought she was that fit but she's still looking like decent word that my head said when i saw her all right yeah um, yeah, she's still so appara- but apparently they were having a thing before this. Yeah. Obviously, we, we only started watching um, Nitro two weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah, apparently it's in, a thing yeah. before that. Um, yeah, and they... Um, yeah, they... so actually, just to, to, to cover it off, the Nasty Boys interfere and Harlem Heat win, and they take the titles, because apparently these guys were the champions. Um, the Nasty Boys hit one of the Rednecks with their own shoe. Do they? Yeah. Do they hit him with the belt as well? I don't know, but the guy who gets pinned gets knocked out by um, one of the Nasty Boys with his own shoe. That's awesome. Did did the Nasty Boy guy say just afterwards, the shopkeeper and his son? That's a different story. But in the other... What what is that reference? It's Wayne's World 2. It's the guy they pick up. Shopkeeper and his son. That's a different story. And to beat them to death with their own shoes. It happens. It's not great, Wayne's World 2. It's nowhere near as good as Wayne's World 1, but it's still alright. I'll take your word for it. Not seen Wayne's World 2. It's Rob Lowe in Wayne's World 2. No, he's in Wayne's World 1. No, I don't think I've seen Wayne's World 2. Is he in Wayne's World 1? Yeah, he's in Wayne's World 1. I think, anyway. Um, anyway, so that's that. And then there was one last bit where they, they had an interview with Colonel... Robert Parker, apparently. Oh, they snog each other in the other room. They do, yeah. That happens. I remember an interview with, with Parker about whether he thinks that Sherry, you know, was manipulating him or stuff. Um, basically, I couldn't listen to the words he was saying or take any of it in because all I could think throughout was, fuck me, how sweaty is Colonel Parker? <laughs> like, genuinely, he's got like a handkerchief or something. By the end of it, that thing must have been sopping wet. He, was he a, is sweating he his was, bollocks off. He was proper um, JR suit mm. wearing. He, he had like, a Stetson as well. He had a, he had a hat of some kind. I assume it was a Stetson. He had the like weird little. I don't know what they, they happen in America, but not over here. You know the little. It's not a tie. It's got like, it's got two bits that dangle down. It, it the, seems, the thing Colonel Parker wears. Seems to not be Colonel leather. Parker, as it, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, like weird little thing. But yeah, he's got one of them. Why is he called Colonel? Is, Fuck knows. He, he must army? be a Colonel. I don't know. Was you Colonel Sanders in the army? Yeah, mate. He was, yeah. He was in He was in the, the fried chicken department of the army. Look, that might even be true. I've no idea. Um, he was probably a chef in the uh, Confederate army, I think. I mean, it is worth noting that the American South do seem to be 
pretty liberal with you just assigning yourself an army rank. Or, you know, willy-nilly. Um, that's fine. If that's that's how you want to be, then I have no problem as with it. As long as it's legit, that's that's all I... Uh, so, yeah, one final thing. This about. was at the end of it. They had, a, they had another Halloween Havoc, which I'm really looking forward to. I'll not lie. Um, and basically they said, watch it on video cassette. It's 22 years ago. And, like, video cassette 22 years ago was just the thing. Now, if someone gave me a video cassette, I'd lob it at their face while screaming the words, the hell am I going to do with that? What's wrong with you? Are you from the past? Unfortunately, for the uh, video cassette as well, it is shit. Yeah, it's real. So, musically, vinyl's good, isn't it? As in, people still use vinyl. Well, even if it's not, it's look, cool. I'm not, I'm not a music guy, but like the thing is, yeah, apparently, yeah. there's something about the sound quality which apparently, you know, I think digitally is better quality, but there's something about it where you can make a case for because it's just music. You can get a better... Well, you don't want it to sound crisp and perfect and the very slight imperfections that vinyl bring in actually improve the experience. I don't know. I'm not a music guy. I don't so know if that's bullshit, vinyl or not. No, I think... I think vinyl over CD is like the difference between seeing a live performance live and, and watching it on TV. Okay. Um, like, you know, you can make arguments for either, but... You can't really say that TV replicates the experience of a, of a live it, of being there, because uh, you know it doesn't. But yeah, you're right. VCR, absolutely it's god. Just awful. no redeeming features as well. No, it was well shit. It was dead shit. Although I'll, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for 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 the old videotape, because I essentially saw my first porn because one of the videotapes in my in my house had porn on it. Which was just awesome. Best day ever. Have you uh, got to the bottom of the... Uh... No, this was years ago. What I did do was check every videotape in my house to see if there was any more porn. But I wasn't. It skipped bits and stuff. But, you know, it was it I was better than my, that. Um, my uh, mega mix of... It wasn't porn, but it was things I taped off the TV. So mm. Wild Things was on there. Wild Things was outstanding. I think I had Basic Instincts on there. I never saw Basic Instinct as a kid. I only saw um, it as an older But man. just the scenes, obviously. Yeah. But it was hard layering that um, tape. Yeah, I can imagine. Enough of that, though. Yeah, so anyway, so after that was the, the Flair and Anderson. Actually, um, I have the words good build up vignette written down here, so. Plus, the vignette came now. Yeah, so I assume it did, or I have some kind of. Like, to have been able to accurately predict where my notes would have got up to to this point and write it in there seems unreasonable so uh yeah so it probably did but yeah the vignette as you said was 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 great the build-up to this match was was great the match itself they kept alluding to ever since hogan got there yeah flares you know not with himself there was there was a lot of great stuff about this match including the match itself um the match was in from from my eyes as well absolutely superb it was real good. Um, they I mean, didn't do a lot, but no, as in, just, as in, what I liked about athletically, this, but yeah. psychologically, it was it. It, it was made good. absolute perfect sense. Yeah, it was. There was a story to be told there, and, and the story was, you know, it was, it was two guys who had been dead close having to kind of fight it out. So there was a lot of Anderson was the uh, more heavier set. Yeah. Um, 
fighter. Rick Flair was more of a technician, a bit more sneaky. Um, I don't know if he does this a lot, but I did like the fact when he did his f front flip uh, thing into the turnbuckle that he came back and he was actually playing possum. Yeah. I think that was my favourite part of the, my favourite spot of the match. Because usually when he does that, he, he just gets yeah battered. Actually, one of the things, like not the match itself, like the match was really good and I, I enjoyed it. But one of the things I liked about it as well was there was actually there was a sign, someone had a sign in the crowd that said Flair 316. I, I don't know if that was a thing you'd done, but like that was that amused me. Uh, that did amuse me greatly. I mean, it probably wouldn't have at the time, but like, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. like, there is knowledge I have looking <laughs> back and, yeah. So looking back on it, that, that, did, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That. that was a lot of fun. There was some classic flopping from Flair as well. Not a huge amount, but it was in there. Was I like the end as well. Like, I thought the ending was, was, was real good. So. Well, just... Um you're probably a bit more sober than me and you have actual notes um, tell them how it ended so uh, Brian Pillman remind me how it ended Brian Pillman comes out mm -hmm. uh, after his match and actually that was another one of the things they did for this they, they were like they really focused on the fact that I don't know if they made them or like I mean if I was a wrestler I would have as well there were a lot of wrestlers sat in the crowd watching the match because I'd, I'd Correct me if I'm wrong, but they did bill it like it was the first time they'd faced each other. Yeah, I don't know how accurate that yeah. was. Like, I'm not that But I'm watching that it and I'm thinking, man. But I'm I've, thinking, yeah. Like, yeah, they both sold it as that. And the psychology of the match was, was, was great. But anyway, Pillman comes out. And he has a bit of an altercation with, with Flair over the top rope. And Flair turns around. Then Pillman kicks him in the back of the head. Um, and, and DDT's Flair for the win. So, yeah, Super DDT, by the way. I've not yeah. seen much of Arn Anderson. Like, obviously, I know who he is, but yeah, um, I didn't really have much access to him when I was younger. So, mm. yeah, that that DDT is on a par with Jake the Snakes for yeah. the snap. Yeah, he gets good snap. No, yeah. well, I saw a thing recently actually, but um, it was one of those which wrestlers are dicks things. Um, uh, it was with Kevin Nash, and basically, like Arn Anderson came up on that, and then he was like, "Yeah, he's most underrated worker in." in wrestling history so I mean and he is good you can't you can't take that away from well, him for, for people who have um, no like me who have um, grown up on a certain type of wrestling um, or forgotten because I don't watch a lot of it how wrestling was in the, in the past like that is a beautiful example of how to do a match without doing too much, without risking your health or killing yourself to do really high spots. But but the the tension was Oh yeah, it was it was incredible. Like I really enjoyed tricks, it. Tricks for little counters. And even know, there was so one many guys on top, no another guy isn't because um a guy's found a a clothesline out of nowhere. Just pure wrestling, you know and as what I really liked about it as well, like I mean, you're obviously right, but what I liked about it as well was they they always kept in mind the the psychology of a match, which was who like, they are to like, each other. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there'd be a lot of a guy going for for a move, and oh, the other guy knows him too well, and he's like, he's mm. you know, he's he's managed to get away from it. 
And there was like... It was crisp and simple. Um, I don't know. And it felt like there was a... I don't know how you convey this, it, like, as wrestlers. And I think, you know, I mean, sometimes it's it's why it's... Mm-hmm. It's hard to, to learn to be, like, a, a Rick player, for example. Uh, but it felt like they were reluctant to actually be fighting each other. Like, like they, they kind of knew they had to and they wanted to, but or, or, on or, a bit... On... But that's the, the brilliant thing. You, yeah. you, you could, as a, as a viewer... Um, read it how you will whether they were reluctant to be fight or they were cautious of each other's moves yeah oh he's going to do this oh, I'll counter that you know I'll counter but for figure four absolutely superb it was like it was it was real good but it's hard to explain yeah as a, as a viewer who um, who watches modern wrestling because the work the, you know oh he did this 360 up there was no there were no memorable yeah. moments. Yeah, this wasn't yeah. this wasn't luchadors. This was two men having a fight. This was grapplers. Yeah, yeah. It was two guys having a fight. But they, and that's the thing. You believed it was a fight. And mm. um, I'm not I'm not knocking the luchador style. Obviously, like it's it's hugely impressive. It's an unbelievable it's athletic an effort, yeah. effort. But I think when I when I watch it, if I ever have a complaint, it is that sometimes the high spots do come at the well, I feel anyway at the um, at the expense of a narrative. So it's just high spot after high spot, and the, the match feels storyless. I mean, I I, I guess because um, you know from the, the things that I've watched, like this this isn't even this match isn't even bought up. I assume it's probably not a classic for both men. You know, it's probably mm. not on their greatest hits list. But yeah, it it got me this match. It did, yeah. It proper sucked me in. Yeah, it um, sucked me off this match. One other thing that I, I thought while watching it was that... Um, well, two things, actually. Great emotion from Heenan in it. He did, he did a fine work. Fine work. And also... I like because I like that he liked both of them a bit. Yeah, I like the fact that he slightly sided with Arne because he was like, yeah, Rick's, Rick has been a bit He's out of order. back. Yeah, like, Rick's been a bit out of order. But also, I much prefer the old school railings to the newer barriers so you know when it was like a metal like almost fence that you'd see at like a a festival or something like a temporary looking metal fence rather than the big plastic barrier thing it is today the impact looks more painful it does like the barriers give you the chance to spear someone through a barrier and it looks a little bit better but it happens so rarely like I, i want railings back like i want railings back sound and shake yeah yeah, don't know what that means. Um, we'll, we'll write for WWE. Okay, yeah, fine. Let's do that. Because all I could think was shake and bake when, when you said <laughs> that. <laughs> all right, so anyway, so that was the, the, the flare match. It It's a good match. It's it's worth the pay-per-view. Like, if they did nothing else on the pay-per-view, I wouldn't have felt cheated. Anyway, so after it is essentially the main event, but there's, there's a lot of build-up to this main event. And Aren't I've... you intrigued? Sorry to cut you off, but well, I, what was Flying Brian doing? Like, so he was a good guy from my yeah. from my from my knowledge after the Jushin Liger thing. He turned on this pay per view. Yep, and, and then, then he, he got involved in this. Yeah. That is a great point, Mike. And I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to it in a in a future. Future podcast, I, I have no idea. Because I, I don't know much, because I didn't watch a lot of wrestling, but he becomes a big thing after this. He does. So I'm, I'm, after it, I was, after this match, when I was watching it, I was thinking, looking forward to seeing the evolution of this To be fair, yeah, yeah. 
Right. Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But on, on to the main event, Mike. So, right, there's a lot of build-up to this main event. Now, the first thing I'd say is... is Actually, firstly, I'll explain the goddamn rules to the main event. So, it's two rings inside a steel cage. But it's like a full mesh steel cage. So, it's got a roof as well. And then, basically... It's really um, low. It's re yeah, it is low. So, there's a point where Sting grabs it and drop kicks someone. It's, it's low enough to, to grab. But, anyway... So what happens is two guys, one from each team, start in, inside both rings. Then after five minutes, one get, there's a coin toss. And whichever team wins the coin toss gets to send a man in. Then after that, every two minutes, they alternate. So basically, if you win the coin toss, then you'll have, I think it's three periods of, of two minutes of having Maybe an extra Maybe it's because I'm a retard, but when they were telling us this, because they, they put up a, you call it, uh, they put up some graphic, writing, yeah. yeah, a graphic. I still didn't know what they were talking about until the match happened. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I yeah, it, it really wasn't clear. But anyway, and then the only other thing is, the only way to win is if the other team give up. So if they say submission or surrender, they are synonyms, guys. They're the same thing, you don't have to have both. And again, before the eventuality of a match, I thought that everyone had to give up. Actually, so did, I wasn't clear on that either. Yeah, I was like, is that everyone or um, or just one guy? But um, it is just one guy. Anyway, so it starts, and the first thing we get is actually our first proper look at the Dungeon of Doom since we started. Now, I mean, the first thing to say was the Taskmaster, who, who's apparently in charge of the Dungeon of Doom, is uh, Kevin Sullivan, who at this point I think is also a booker for the WCW, by the way. Um, but basically, his take on evil seems to be having dodgily drawn on ridiculous eyebrows. Um, and done that um, James Bond villain laugh. Yeah. Yeah, now basically, I mean... Also in the vignette before, because uh, I think... Do you, hmm. where, where is this forest that Hulk Hogan ended up in? I don't know, mate. It looked like an evil forest and they... Fuck knows, but I mean, what, what I, what I would, what I wrote down about this, this thing, yeah, about because it's mainly, it's mainly Kevin Sullivan, because obviously the, the taskmaster, the taskmaster, yeah, um, we'll call him the taskmaster. So, oh, actually, that's for a stipulation of this as well. If if Hogan's team win, he gets five minutes in this cage alone with the taskmaster. Now, I wasn't clear at the time, but given what happened, my understanding is that's not sexual. He wants to fight him. So, so yeah, anyway. What I wouldn't do for five minutes with the Taskmaster. Yeah. Um, and Although, it's worth oh, noting. To be fair, though, if I was put in the room with a Taskmaster, it would be more what he wouldn't do with me. Yeah. So I hope like he's, he is a wrestler, but he does look like a kind of mini-me of Hulk Hogan, to be fair. Um, but one of the, the, the thing about the vignette that really got me was that the Taskmaster doesn't quite come off as evil for, for me. He comes off across as crazy, crazy homeless man who's ranting at me on the street. Like, it just um, comes across as real bad. Yeah, it does. And they introduce, apparently, the Taskmaster's father, who is like, I don't know what his game is, but he's some old fat guy who's had makeup done, so he looks like, he looks like a slug that has ran into that goo that made the turtles been made into a half slug half man then died and been reincarnated as a zombie with voodoo it's really really odd 
but um, he's there. He does summer. Either Taskmaster's dad. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember this bit. It was bizarre. I'd, I'd show you a picture, but the people at home won't be able to see it. So, you know, what's the point? But honestly, like, he's just some fat guy with a little bit of makeup on to make him look like like he might be dead or something. Don't know what the point of him is. In all honesty, I don't want to know. But, yeah, he's, he is there. Um, we're still claiming that the big show is Andre the Giant's son. I don't know when we'll stop doing that. I assume we will at some point. Does Hulk Hogan say something about he, he felt the power of Andre or something? Yeah, he does, yeah. He he, he, he felt Andre, man. <laughs> okay, Hulk, you, you settle back down now. But anyway, so after that, slightly weird vignette, we get a little promo with all of the Hulkamaniacs. So in case you don't remember, this is Hulk Hogan... Uh, Sting, Randy Savage, and Lex Luger as as a guy who plays Invader, who is apparently AWOL. Um, I think he's actually defected to the WWF at this point, uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, so like this he promo just didn't want to face the Dungeon of Doom. Maybe this promo is is great for a number of reasons. They're all pumped. They're all pumped. They're all in full on army gear and camouflage, including Jimmy Hart. Who's waving the American waving flag. Waving the American flag, And yeah. making it a kind of patriotic thing, because they mention... <laughs> they do know, keep coming, like... Yeah, Hulk Hogan says about Lex Luger that he knew he was red, white and blue. He knew he was made in Amer American-made. So is this America versus evil in an abstract way? I mean, it's, on some level it always is, but... Um, but yeah, it certainly seems so. But my other thing about this, because um, I thought the Taskmaster, he, he sounded, he seemed American. American. He really <laughs> did. Yeah. My other thing was this: was but Hulk Hogan makes just, just the greatest, probably the greatest sentence ever. He says they've all been drinking Agent Orange, and now they're impervious to pain. <laughs> Stress enough, people at home. That is not how Agent Orange works <laughs> at is, all. It is if you've got pythons like Hogan. It isn't. Uh, Agent Orange is a bad thing. Is a defoliant. It take not defoliant as in to take skin off. It removes leaves from trees. It's it is not something America should be proud of ever having done ever. But yeah, but if you're Hogan. Couple of mates of Agent Orange. Mate, he was right in the mood. He was snorting that stuff like it was going out of fashion. <laughs> I heard. Um, but anyway, yeah, like that's not how Agent Orange works, lads. Come on, don't be that guy, Hulk. <clears throat> don't be that guy. Although it would explain the extremely odd colour that Hulk Hogan is. It, assuming that Agent Orange is actually orange, I don't know what it is. I mean, you'd assume it is, but maybe it's not. I don't know anything about Agent Orange hmm. or Hulk Hogan's. Yeah, I mean, all, yeah, all I know is it's deforestant. They used to try and smoke out the vehicle. Anyway, um, and then they made a massive thing of bringing the cage down. It took quite a while, actually. Um, I, was, I was kind of annoyed about it. But I let it go because I can be the big man, Mike. I can be the bigger man. Um, anyway, but then the match starts. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you here, Mike. I thought this was literally the worst idea I'd ever heard. The whole thing... Logistically as well, because it was it was really hard for the production team to film it. 
Yeah, I, I so actually, yeah, I have that here. So, yeah. so if you if you read here, Mike, just to confirm that this is what it says, it says some weird camera work. This was a problem early on because obviously there's a lot of guys outside the cage and starting, but was just sting against this shark guy in the cage. Um, I felt sorry for the shark. <coughs> I felt sorry for Earthquake having to have teeth painted on his face. We all do, Mike. The the other thing was that basically. Until everyone's in, and even then, for the most part, the fact that there's two rings, it gives us, like, two spots. There's one where Shark is draped over both top ropes and someone's kicking him. And there's one where Hogan is punching Zodiac boots for bad beefcake, and he's bouncing off the other ropes and coming back, and he's hitting him again. That was it for two rings. But that was all it was for. Um, but... But what what I would say is I actually I'd love a conversation with Brutus. Yeah. I'd love just to say So Shark is he's a shark, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he is, yeah. So Kamala, the face of fear. Kam Kamala the face of fear, who's happy in a cage. Apparently. Fe- feels right. big question, it, yeah. Yeah, he feels right at Oh no, wait, no, Kamala's not the face of fear. Kamala No, Kamala's the fat black guy who's yeah. happy in a cage. Slightly racist, but other than that, it's just... They do say that, because he's in the jungle, so... Yeah, slightly racist gimmick. It's it's all right, lads, it was a different time. Um, Then there's Meng, the face of fear. Yeah, Ming is the face of fear. Ming, sorry, who is um, Haku. He is Haku, and going back to to something you were saying earlier, uh, probably really, really hard in real life, from what I've heard. Well, apparently he's the hardest man in wrestling from various podcasts I've listened to. And... um, and the Zodiac, who, um, from, is he from Ying and Yang? Yeah, the man from Ying and Yang. We're not sure what that means. Um, uh, who is, um... Now, my, my assumption here, by the way, is that they've gone with alliteration. So he's called Zodiac. He looks like he's a zebra. He's just got black and white stripes, and that's is, it. I mean, maybe I'm naive, but what, what, what is, what, what does the Zodiac mean? I mean, I don't. And yeah, what's, like, what's nefarious about the Zodiac? I don't know, Mike. I honestly have no idea. He's into his numbers. I don't. The so the shark eats people, or bites people. I don't know. He's a shark. It's a violent yeah. mammal. Actually, he doesn't come up in this. But Ming does a thing where he's got this like spike that he like jabs people in the neck with or summer. And he looks scary. And know. you know, he's... Kamala is a slightly racist African stereotype. I mean, that's fine. He's probably a cannibal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, that's not... That's... But the Zodiac, I mean, does he bewitch you with numbers? And I don't... I don't. Yeah, we're not sure what the Zodiac is. The only certainty is is that the Zodiac eventually quits. Like, he's the guy who submits eventually to Hogan. Um, but anyway... He was always going to be the bitch of that. Yes, yes, he was. Yes, he was indeed. But actually, overall, once this got going, I actually did enjoy the match. Like, I thought it was... Well, it had it had inbuilt good psychology because. Yeah. Have you explained the rules? Can <coughs> I you have. Do that? Yeah. Yeah. So. The good guys lost the toss of the coin. They did, yeah. So the Dungeon of Doom had a, basically for most of the time had a man advantage. And so it was Sting and Macho for most of it getting battered. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, and there actually, were a few little nice things where because, um, if you've watched. Um, the previous nitros or listen to us talk about it um lex luger was the one who people were doubting yeah and him and macho man half halfway through the match 
basically started fighting each other. Yeah, because uh, yeah, basically what happened was Luger, Luger accidentally hits Macho or something, and then there's a bit back and forth. It is good, but they get it together. But it is good. And um, you like that Hulk Hogan has got. Wait, um, yeah. we'll, we'll get on to Hogan in a minute. So what I would say was that I really enjoyed this this match. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I enjoyed the Shark Sting stuff. I thought those two did a really good job to start it. There was some stuff with the Dungeon of Doom trying to cheat a little bit, which was kind of pointless. But um, he's holding his leg. Yeah. Can you stop doing that, please? Oh, the refs are powerless. It's well, have <laughs> old because he's just said stop doing it, and he has. But but it went on, and like it was good. And then Hogan comes in, and like. I'm not saying it ruined the match, it was obviously the, the, the conclusion we all knew was coming, but I just, I'm like, I just wanted to, to, to point that out, I and mean, then I'm going to let you finish your thought before I say what I think I about when Hogan came in. Was. Okay, well, when Hogan came in, for some reason he comes in with something. Like, I don't know what it is, it's some kind of powder or something. Oh, yeah, he comes in with, um, like, I, I guess it's flour. Yeah, it, it's but that kind of... saying, like... Are the commentators, like, say things like they can smell it and stuff? Like, yeah, it's some kind of... They suggest that. <laughs> some yeah. kind of nuclear, like, Yeah, I can't remember what there. they suggest it is. But is it napalm? I, I was going to say napalm. I think they suggest what? it's napalm, which is a fundamental un- un- misunderstanding of what napalm is. Nah, Hogan's got napalm. He really doesn't, mate. Napalm's horrible. But, so like, he's probably got a flower or something. Yeah, but like he throws it in people's eyes. Then he bites someone as well. On the face. It's just like... I don't know. I mean, it felt weird. Because the massive good guy, the guy who's doing it for us, has basically he's basically cheated worse than all of the heels put together. Don't you find it weird that all the good guys were wearing um, camouflage makeup? Yes. And the Dungeon of Doom did nothing to alter their normal attire. I found it hugely weird, yeah. Absolutely hugely. Um, really, really, really strange. But anyway, so it goes on, and then eventually Hogan um, puts uh, Zodiac, boots from a beefcake, in uh, what is essentially a camel clutch. They don't call it that, but they acknowledge that it's the Iron Sheik's move. Um, they don't, I think they just call him Sheik, not Iron Sheik, but... Anyway, so he um, then Zodiac quits. So Hogan gets his five minutes alone with with um, with the Taskmaster, which is that like, is a kind of a, just a really weird watch because he just batters him. Yeah, he's just lobbing him into the cage. And the thing is, maybe if you've been watching for ages and you were you up to speed and you knew this guy was evil and it made Hogan's life a, a real hell, it would have been like, oh yeah, good on you, Hogan. But me watching it, I, I was just thinking. Why are you beating up that old guy, man? It's, it's just weird. That's not. Why are you beating up that small, fat old guy? <laughs> yeah, that's that's not cool, mate. Seems to be rubbish. Yeah, why, why are you doing this? Uh, but them, but he has made Hogan's life hell, taking him to weird forests and I don't know. Yeah, draining yeah. his powers. I don't know what any of that means. But <laughs> <laughs> do I? But anyway, so then um, the giant, Andre the Giant's kid, the big show, comes out. And he, like, he chokes Hogan a bit. And then seemingly murders him. <laughs> that, that, that was my favourite bit <laughs> like, of the, uh, the whole thing. Yeah, so... He snapped his neck off. <laughs> he twists his head to the point of... Like, I mean, 
I do like, I like at the end, Bobby Brain Heenan seems delighted about it. <laughs> he does, yeah. Uh, and laughing <laughs> at the death of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes. it's, it's real good shit. Like, I mean, like... He comes in and breaks his neck. Yeah, so it's hard to explain without you visually seeing it, obviously, but... Like a ninja thing. You know how ninjas, yeah, like, snap people's heads yeah, off? Yeah, you grab, you grab the head on either side and then you pull your your hands away so the head twists all the way round he does that to Hogan who who then is just he's on the ground he's, he's laid down and he is fucking twitching for all he's worth like he sells it pretty well does Hogan I no mean, one does spasms better than Hogan no it's spasming that was the word but yeah like it is it is weird because all you can think is surely you're dead why are you still moving you're dead mate Anyway, but the rest of the Hulkamaniacs come out so that, you know, Andre the Giant's kid can't do it again or whatever. Not sure why they left it until the point that he had actually died. Because I think secretly they all want him dead. Yeah, they probably do. But I don't would. want to look bad. Uh, yeah, so, but and then that's the end of the pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah, so we never really settled on what we were doing with, with pay-per-views in terms of, of like, a sky system. Obviously, Raw and, and Nitro... We just pick a winner. Um, maybe we could do the same thing with 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 pay per views. They're, they're not on the same week, but obviously when we review the, the the WWE one, we could pick a winner then. We could do that. I mean, for now, I'll just. We could just do. Would you, if you paid money for that, would you have been happy with what you got? I would have. Yeah. I would have. Yeah, I think as, like you. Like yourself a little bit, WCW, your Nitro there has, so far it's been a bit of a letdown, I'll not lie, like, it's only been two, but I've not, not been wild this about This seemed, um, you had different, you had a different team, um, mm. a different feel, no Mongo, thank God. Hate that um, I don't know if I hate him, but. No, I do, I want him, I'm going <laughs> to hunt him down. And shoot with a sniper rifle because if I'm close enough that he can hit me back, I'm going to lose. But, um. Not really going to shoot anyone. Yeah, it was weird how different it felt from the normal show. It felt like a separate entity. And I like that in a pay per view, I really do. I think. It had big. It had pie stakes feel. It did? Pie stakes? Pie stakes feel. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, if I was going to win a pie, I would try harder. There's no two ways about that. (laughs) I think I meant high. But um, yeah, it had high stakes feel, um, and it it seemed different than the normal show. If I'd have paid money for it, I'd have been, I'd yeah. been happy with. And to be fair, as as main events go, that are so obviously gimmicky and, and so like that, I, I thought it was decent. Like I thought that was more than a, more than watchable that main event. Like I had real concerns about it. I thought it would be. Especially when I learned there were two rings, I thought it would be one of the worst things I'd ever sat through. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And obviously, Flair Anderson was was a real, real quality. But I can't, I can't wait to to, to watch more of this kind of thing and and see, see what's what. If that was good, or what we're watching now is so so not, bad that it's lowered the expectations. Yeah, yeah. Because I get, I I have a feeling that. It was a great match, and and um, and they and you know you had two guys who knew completely what they were doing, 
Um, I, I wouldn't say run of the mill, but I, I, I've never heard that match talked about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I, and I assume we're going to see a few more of those. So I think yep. the goalposts are going to move quite a lot as we watch more of this. Yeah, and that's why I'm not keen to do like an out of ten thing. Because yeah. I think what's seven now, in like as we go along, we'll we'll like further down the line that'll be like a four but i mean we'll, we'll see how it makes out um and yeah so up next is is back to the the standard formula so we'll try and crank that one out a I'll little bit faster than this. well you know whatever mike but so yeah so that'll be out relatively shortly tune in again and uh, yeah have yourselves a nice little evening